Welcome to Kingdom.Think, where we are reading the Bible in one year, and we're in the book of Daniel. So we're towards the tail end of the Old Testament. We're just, we're getting there. Um, but in the book of Daniel, we are with the exiles in Babylon. That's where the story takes place. And Daniel is closest, you know, like where Ezekiel spoke among the people. He was a prophet that God spoke through t- to the people. Daniel, on the other hand, serves a different role. He's closer to the king. So he's in the nobility area. Um, and yeah, that's that's pretty much the main thing. He's he's considered knowledgeable, wise, um, able to interpret dreams, can handle riddles, that kind of thing. And in chapters one, they obviously introduce Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Um, and this is where all the classic stories of Daniel and the lion's den, um, the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego thrown into the fire's den, the fire, the fire pit. We saw that already. Now we're at chapter four, where King Nebuchadnezzar is having a dream again. He's trying to get advice from his, um, what do you call them, um, magicians and astrologers, and he's. Oh, but before we get there, no, let's just let's just read. That is what's going to happen. But let me just introduce chapter four, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar. Because remember, he's wowed by God rescuing Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego at the end of chapter three. So the beginning of chapter four, he's still wowed by God. And he says, the King Nebuchadnezzar, to the nations and the peoples of every language who live on earth, may you prosper greatly. It is my pleasure to tell you about the miraculous signs and wonders that the Most High God has performed for me. How great are his signs, how mighty his wonders. His kingdom is eternal kingdom. His dominion endures from generation to generation. Um, I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at home in my palace, contented and prosperous. I had a dream that made me afraid. As I was lying in bed, the images and visions that passed through my mind terrified me. So I commanded that the wise men of Babylon be brought before me to interpret the dream for me. When the magicians, enchanters, astrologers, and diviners came, I told them the dream, but they could not interpret it for me. Finally, David came into my presence, and I told him the dream. He is called Belteshazzar, after the name of my God and the spirit of the holy gods in him. I said, Belteshazzar, chief of the magicians, I know that the spirit of the holy gods is in you, and no mystery is too difficult for you. Here is my dream. Interpret it for me. These are the visions I saw while lying in bed. I looked, and there before me stood a tree in the middle of the land. Its height was enormous. The tree grew large and strong, and its top touched the sky. It was visible to the ends of the earth. Its leaves were beautiful, its fruit abundant, and on it was the food of all under the, it, the wild animals found shelter and the birds lived in the branches. From it, every creature was fed. In the vision I, I saw while lying in bed, I looked, and there before me was a holy one, a messenger coming down from heaven. He called in a loud voice, Cut down the tree and trim off its branch, strip off its leaves and scatter its fruit. Let the animals flee from under it and the birds from its branches. But let the stump and its roots bound with iron and bronze remain in the ground in the grass of the field. Let him be drenched with the dew of heavens and let him live with the animals among the plants of the earth. Let his mind be changed from that of a man and let him be given the mind of an animal till seven times pass by. 
for him. So Daniel interprets this dream. Again, not a good interpretation. It's basically, and Daniel's not looking forward to giving this interpretation. He's quite scared. But King Nebuchadnezzar said, it's okay, just tell me what it says. And I think when Daniel tells the truth, even if it's a bad interpretation, I bet you it, because the truth is spoken, all of a sudden Nebuchadnezzar has peace. Like his mind is not racing anymore. Even though he knows it's bad, at, he also knows it's true because he probably couldn't sleep where he couldn't sleep before. So he tells him the dreams. Sure enough, he says, that tree is you. Um, and then moving down, seven times will pass by you for, for you until you acknowledge that the Most High is sovereign over all kingdoms on earth and gives them to anyone he wishes. The command to leave the stump of the tree with its roots means that your kingdom will be restored to you when you acknowledge the heaven rules. Therefore, your majesty, be pleased to accept my advice. Renounce your sins by doing what is right and your wickedness by being kind to the oppressed. It may be that then your prosperity will continue. So Daniel's trying to say, hey, you should repent. You should turn to God and maybe you'll save yourself from this, the, the events of this dream. Um, however, the dream is fulfilled all this happened to the king Nebuchadnezzar 12 months later as the king was walking on the roof of the royal palace. He said, is, this, is not this the great Babylon I have built as the royal residence by my mighty power and for the glory of my majesty? Now, even as the words on his lips, a even as the words were on his lips, a voice came from heaven. This is what, can you imagine? King Nebuchadnezzar heard a voice from heaven. This is what is decreed for you, King Nebuchadnezzar. Your royal authority has been taken from you. You will be driven away from people and will live with the wild animals. You will eat grass like the ox. Seven times will pass by for you until you acknowledge that the Most High is sovereign over all kingdoms on earth and gives them to anyone he wishes. So at that moment, the dream was fulfilled and King Nebuchadnezzar became insane. That's what it means. He, he had insanity. At the end of that time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, raised my eyes toward heaven and my sanity was restored after the seven times had passed, probably seven years. Then I praised the Most High. I honored and glorified him who lives forever. His dominion is eternal dominion. His kingdom endures from generation to generation. All the people of the earth are regarded as nothing. He does as he pleases with the power of heaven and the people of the earth. No one can hold back his hand or say to him, what have you done? At the same time that sanity was restored, my honor and splendor were returned to me for the glory of my kingdom. My advisors and nobles sought me out and I was restored to my throne and became even greater than before. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and exalt and glorify the king of heaven because everything he does is right. And all his ways are just. And those who walk in pride, he is able to humble. <laughs> Isn't that powerful? The king Nebuchadnezzar basically turned to God and said, I am totally humbled. He can humble even 
the most arrogant king himself. So amazing. Well, King Belshazzar gave a great banquet. So I'm assuming at this point, King Nebuchadnezzar has passed away. I'm not positive. Um, King Nebuchadnezzar ruled for 45 years and died in 562 BC. Three weak kings followed before Nabonidus came to power in 553 BC. Okay, so um, when Belshazzar called Nebuchadnezzar his father, he probably meant simply that he was the successor to Nebuchadnezzar. Okay, so King Nebuchadnezzar, not actually the son of Nebuchadnezzar, but somehow became the king. I don't know. Don't know the details. You can figure that out. He was having a banquet and he said, hey, go get all the silver and gold goblets that my, that Nebuchadnezzar got from the temple, um, from Judah. Go bring it to me. We want to use it to drink wine and etc. So they brought it in when they were using those articles that were from God's temple, from Jerusalem, the temple of Jerusalem, suddenly the finger of a human hand appeared and wrote on the plaster of the wall near the lampstand in the royal palace. The king watched the hand as it wrote. His face turned pale and he was so frightened that his legs became weak and his knees were knocking. No one could interpret what was said. He didn't understand until they called in Daniel. He was so dis- so upset. Finally, one of his wa- the queen said, "Hey, I know that there's somebody who can interpret it. Your father, King Nebuchadnezzar, used to appoint him or used to use him to interpret dream- dreams and appointed him chief over all the magicians and enchanters and astrologers." So they called in him in, and sure enough, he interpreted what was said. And he told him how King Nebuchadnezzar was humbled and finally, at the end of his years, turned to God, the Most High God. And he said in chapter verse 22, But you, Belshazzar, son, his son, have not humbled yourself, though you knew all this. Instead, you have set yourself up against the Lord of heaven. You had the goblets from his temple brought to you, and you and your nobles, your wives and your concubines, drank wine from them. You praise the gods of silver and gold and bronze, iron, wood, and stone, which cannot see or hear or understand. But you did not honor the God who holds in his hand your life and all your ways. Therefore, he sent the hand that wrote the inscription. And this is what it says. The first part, mene, M-E-N-E, God has numbered the days of your reign and brought it to an end. Tekel, T-E-K-E-L, you have been weighed on the scales and found wanting. Perez, P-E-R-E-S, your kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and Persians. Then Belshazzar commanded Daniel, oh, so he gave him a high authority for interpreting what it said. Oh my gosh, so many stories, right? So many details to these stories and we're barely on chapter six. Okay, well, a lot of um, people did not like Daniel because, well, he was a good guy. He did everything right. 
you know what that's like, how oftentimes when there's somebody who's doing good, people mock them. They don't like it. Isn't that so true? If you're trying to do good, let's say somebody parties and drinks with everybody, but then that person decides, hey, you know what? I'm not going to drink and party with you guys anymore. The friends don't like that. And they start to mock them because they're feeling judged or they're jealous. So they must have been jealous of Daniel because they want to figure out how to trap him. But they can't figure it out because he doesn't do anything wrong. So they, they basically told, somehow made the king say, Hey, may King Darius live forever. They said, Hey, why don't we make a decree? Why don't you make a decree? because you're so mighty and awesome that anyone who prays to any God or human being during the next 30 days, except you, your majesty, King Darius, shall be thrown into the lion's den. Well, I guess King Darius thought that was a great idea. And he put it in writing. Well, Daniel heard about this. And he had no choice. He still had to pray because that's who he is. So you see the conflict. You see how they tried to trap him. So sure enough, Daniel went and prayed, just like he did, every single day, three times a day, and they caught him. They told Darius, Daniel is praying to God, to his God. Now, I think Darius liked Daniel, and they were friends, or something like that, because he didn't like the idea that what Daniel was going to get thrown into the lion's den. But he had to, he couldn't go back on his word. So the king gave the order that Daniel be put in the lion's den. And the king said to Daniel, May your God whom you serve continually rescue you. Mm, mm, mm. And so they put him in the, the den. The king Darius could not sleep. He didn't eat. He, could, he, was rest, he just couldn't sleep well. He was so upset. At first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. When he came near the den, he called to Daniel in anguish voice. Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve, continually been able to rescue you from the lions? Daniel answered, may the king live forever. My God sent his angels and he shut the mouth of the lions. They have not hurt me because I have found innocent in his sight. Nor have I ever done any wrong before you, your majesty. Ah, talk about loyalty. That just proves how loyal he was to the king, King Darius. Wow. Then King Darius wrote to the nations and the peoples of every language in all the earth, you, May you prosper greatly. I issue a decree that in every part of the kingdom, people must fear the reverence, the God of Daniel, for he is the living God and he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues and he saves. He performed signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. And then after that, they threw in the guys that were trying to accuse Daniel. Sadly. Terrible. Terrible things. People get eaten up by lions. But still, that one piece at the end that King Darius acknowledged, he is the living God. And that's what we need to remember. For he is the living God and he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will live, will never end. <laughs> I wonder if you guys can hear that. Someone started playing a piano. 
All right, my friends. Perfect timing to a grand ending of chapters four, five, and six of the book Daniel. Have a great day, and I shall see you soon.